Good morning, everybody. Sorry, slightly wrecked after worship. Wow. You know, we can never make too much of Jesus. Right? He's always worthy of our worship. He's always worthy of our worship. And obviously, we worship God not just with our mouths, but with our whole hearts. But I love to get together with all your online and in person and join in with all of the churches around the nation that are worshiping him and giving him the honor that's due his name and joining in with heaven as all of heaven is worshiping him as the angels around his throne, the four living creatures crying out, holy, holy, holy. The elders are casting their crowns at his feet. And every bit of creation, everything that has breath, as John saw in Revelation 5, everything that has breath worshiping him. The trees of the field clapping their hands and rejoicing. The majesty and the glory of Jesus Christ. You're so worthy, Lord, of all of our honor. And our praise, riches and honor and power and wisdom and dominion and thanks belongs to you, O oh Lord. And our heart's cry, Lord, is that we want to be just like you. Isn't that the highest accolade you could give somebody? To say, I just want to be like you. Lord, we just want to be like you. And we want to carry your goodness and your grace and your love and your mercy. Just take a moment. I mean, I know we've just spent a fair good time worshiping. But just turn your hearts, you know, Hebrews chapter 13, it says that there's... That True worship is to continually offer up a sacrifice of praise to God that is the fruit of lips that acknowledge his name. Let's take a moment once again just to acknowledge his name, Jesus. Just speak out his name, Jesus. We acknowledge your name. We praise your name, Jesus. We honor you, Jesus. You're the everlasting one, Jesus. You're the king of kings, Jesus. You're the Lord of lords. You're the faithful one. You're the true one. You're the word of God. You sit enthroned in the heavens and you do what you please. You have the nations as your inheritance, the ends of the earth as your possession. Of the increase of your government and of peace there will be no end. That the government of God rests upon your shoulders, Jesus. You're the champion one. You're the glorious king. And we worship you and we honor you. You're our apostle. You're our high priest. You're, you're the faithful one over the Father's house. You're, you're our intercessor. You are the one who is our righteousness and our wisdom and our joy and our peace and our holiness and our purity. Apart from you, God, we can do nothing, Jesus. You are our all in all. Just keep speaking out. I can just hear my own voice. We love you, Lord. We want to be like you. We want to be like you. We want to behold your glory and see your majesty and be transformed into your goodness. We want to behold the glory of God in the face of Christ Jesus. 
Jesus, I thank you that you are the language of God. I thank you that you are the God translated to us. I thank you that you're the perfect image and the exact representation of the Father. To see you, Jesus, is to see the Father, that you've come to us full of grace and truth. Come on, lift up his name. Give him praise and honor and glory. He's worth it. He's worth it. We're going to spend all of eternity seeing new sides of his face, of being undone in his presence. Whoa. Somehow at the same time being caught up in his purpose and fulfilling his mission and doing whatever he calls us to do, whatever that looks like in heaven. Whoa. <laughs> because the reality is this, that... Part of God's extravagant love for us in sending his son, Jesus, among us. I, I love, I love, I love how in John, uh, 1 John chapter 5, it says, in this is love. In this, the love of God, sorry, it's in this, the love of God was made manifest among us. That the father sent his son, Jesus, into the world that we might live through him. In this, the love of God was made manifest, that God is a God among us. He's among us. He's right here among us. But his joy and his pleasure, the privilege of our lives is for him not just to pour out his love upon us and call us his sons and his daughters, but to actually bring us into his very life purpose and his, his very mission in the very heart of who he is. That, that is a great privilege. It's an act of love that he doesn't just bring us in and then set us on a shelf. He brings us in and he says, let me partner with you to fulfill my purpose. I've got a good pleasure. I've got good purpose. I've got good will. I'm, there's things that I am excited about. I've got a purpose and a plan for this worth, for this earth. Worth and earth comes world and earth comes worth. I've got a plan and a purpose and a destiny for this creation. I've got a plan, I've got people that I've rescued, that I've come to rescue, to bring into the knowledge of, of salvation, to bring them out of darkness into light, to bring them out of the power of Satan, into the power of God, to bring them out into the forgiveness of sins and a place among. And he invites us into that very, very place of connection, of mission, of encounter with him. And that's a love gift to each one of us. It's a love gift to each one of us to be able to give our lives away. It's a love gift for, to each, from, from the Father to each one of us because his love is flowing to us and through us and out of us. It's his love gift to say, come partner with me. Paul says, I think it's in Philippians chapter 1, and he says he thanks God because the gospel is growing all around the world as we have a partnership with him in seeing the kingdom fulfilled. You're a partner in the Father's business. You're an equity partner. It means you have ownership. All that is ours, all that is, sorry, all that is God's belongs to us. It's his and he gives it to us. He shares it with us. We have become, Romans 8 says, co-heirs with Jesus. If we share in his sufferings, we'll also share in his glory. And he calls us into this wonderful mission. And I, 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 that mission is to see the worth of Jesus go viral as I saw someone's t-shirt once. I think it was Matthew Lilly used to be here leading worship. And he said, let the, his t-shirt said, let the worth of Jesus go viral. How does the worth of Jesus go viral? Well, it goes from person to person. The kingdom of God is a contagion. 
The, uh, Matthew chapter 13, Jesus says this. He likened, it's a really short parable, but it's really, really powerful. He likened the kingdom of God. He said, the kingdom of God is like a woman who takes three measures of yeast and puts it in a loaf of bread and in a bread, and it takes time and it, and it actually works its way through the entire lump of dough. You're carrying the leaven of the kingdom. That's talking about the kingdom of God, the word of the kingdom that each one of us carry if we know Jesus. That we, which we're planting into other people around us. It grows and expands and all of a sudden brings life and brings forth fruit. And the kingdom of God pervades everywhere. And the, and the, the, the gospel, the, 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 the mission of Jesus is that the whole earth would be filled with the knowledge of the glory of the Lord just like the waters cover the sea. And that doesn't mean filling buildings, that means filling people. It means from the worth of Jesus going from one person to another person to another person in viral evangelism, in viral discipleship, in this viral growth and expansion of the kingdom. Did you know that the kingdom of God is always expanding? Right from the very beginning, the mandate of heaven was this on Adam and Eve in Genesis chapter 1 verse 28, which is for all of us. 27 says this, let us make God in our image. And so he, God made us in his image, therefore carrying his power and his authority, his creative ability. Here and we look just like him. And he said, he then said, he said, blessed, he blessed Adam and Eve and he said, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it. God's kingdom is an ever-expanding kingdom. It's ever going from one place to another place, from one person to another person. The Bible says, Daniel chapter, no, Isaiah chapter 9 or 11, it says, of the increase of his government and the peace there will be no end. He says the same to Noah, be fruitful, fill the earth and multiply it. Of course, we know that Adam and Eve fell short as, as they sinned, but Jesus' mission as the second Adam, as the, as the one who's come to restore God's purpose, as the one who is the bridegroom to bring a bride. Now, if you think about Adam and Eve, they came. They're, 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 the, 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 the fulfillment of that mandate was to, to be fruitful, was that they actually had to have intimacy. To multiply, they had to have intimacy. And so they had intimacy. They had a baby out of that intimacy. And, out, and, then, they, and then they were to have another baby and another baby and another baby. And they were to fill the whole earth and multiply and subdue the earth, right? And fill the earth with God and the image of God. And Jesus came as the perfect bride, as the perfect man, to the second Adam to come. Now, with us as the church, to be united together, to be fruitful, to, to come in a place of intimacy. Jesus said in John 15, apart from, um, he said, I had, you didn't choose me, I, I chose you and I appointed you, what? To go and bear fruit. In other words, to be fruitful and to multiply. How does that come? It comes out of that place of intimacy with Jesus. That place of, of, the, of, the, of Jesus and the church coming together to make babies. And guess what? The Bible says, Jesus said this, where two or three are gathered together in my name, there I am. The smallest unit of a church is, a, is two people gathered together. So it's not just about here on a Sunday morning. It's about what, what God's doing through us, through our, all of our lives, every day of every week. And the, and the, and the, the passion of Jesus is to take his, his kingdom, the seed of the gospel that's in us, and to plant that seed in other people, that we plant the gospel and then the Lord waters it. And that's like that leaven, in the, the yeast in the lump. It fills the whole lump. What would it look like, church? 
What will it look like when all of Durham and all of Chapel Hill and all of Raleigh and all of Cary and all of Apex and all of the Triangle region is now so filled with the kingdom of God because you and I are carrying the kingdom and releasing the kingdom of God that it, the whole kingdom is established upon, the, upon our Triangle region. No more crime, no more poverty, no more sickness, no more disease, no more uh, um, uh, divorce, no more fatherlessness, no more abortion. You don't change these things by law. You change these things through a love encounter. Amen. And so I want to invite three of my friends. Well, uh, I, I'm gonna, yeah, they're my friends. One of them I haven't met before, but she's still my friend. So I'm going to invite Meryl and um, Nithia. Hi, nice to meet you. I'm Murray. Nice to meet you. And Rosa, nice to see you, Rosa. Okay, so Meryl, awesome. Rosa, Nithia. Yeah. Amen. I'm going to share a little story about, about what I've just been sharing about. Yeah. So I'm Meryl Smock, just so grateful to be here, um, here at Catch the Fire Raleigh Durham. My husband David and I, um, we actually lead one of the connect groups here. If you're not familiar with a connect group, um, we, yay, connect group. Uh, it's just an awesome way in a big church family, we have to have intimacy with one another and with Christ. And so it's a way of getting together um, in a really intentional way to love one another, love Jesus, and then love the lost. Preach it. And so, amen. We're both on fire today. Come on. So anyway, so I want to introduce you to uh, two of our spiritual daughters. So this is Rosa and Nithia. And um, so I just want to encourage you to open your hearts and just because you're going to receive just the goodness of the gospel through their testimonies. And it's a beautiful way of you guys understanding that this is actually who all of us are are in Christ. It's not just me. It's not just a leader who gets to love people with Jesus, but every single one of us has a call to preach the gospel and to love people. So I just want to first introduce Rosa. Thank, okay. thank you, Meryl. Well, I, so I, I just want to say to start that Thank you, Meryl, for pouring into my life yes, for years. She has shown me the sacrificial love of Christ like I could have never imagined. So just tr a true testament. <laughs> um, so my story is I was an atheist, and all of my family were atheists. Uh, and I spent this several-year journey of exploring every major religion. Uh, and on, in the midst of that, on one of the darkest days of my life, I got an email from a man I've never met telling me that he heard my name in his prayers to the Lord. Whoa. And that, the, that I should stay fast in hope and let the truth I know lead me on the path to eternal life. Ooh. And then quoted John 14, 6, this guy I've never met. And he actually led me to Merrill, which was totally strange at the time. And I showed up knocking on her door. Uh, and eventually I came to Christ in their homeless ministry in Baltimore City. Uh, so the beginning, as you might imagine, right, two completely different worlds, I was being thrashed in the waves, and really what I saw as the American church wasn't love, like I never saw love in it. But the encounter I had with Jesus Christ was so real, and the people pouring into me made it so abundantly evident that while this was absolutely for me, and I was a precious daughter of the Most High God, this was way bigger than me. <laughs> I was just to pour this love out. I was just to give it away freely. So really from day one, I was telling everyone about Jesus. <laughs> and I didn't even really believe the Bible at that point. <laughs> uh, and that brings me to Nithya over here, who 
I've known now for about six years. I was a friend of hers in college and sort of mentored her in a secular world. Uh, and I came to Christ and I just started sharing about Jesus with her and praying for her and she wasn't open to it for a couple years. Uh, but I was actually driving from Raleigh to Connecticut in May and the Lord said stop at her house, at her parents' house, and she gave her life to Christ. <laughs> uh, and I've been discipling her ever since and, and really what the Lord put on my heart to share with you all and the privilege to share this morning is that discipling Nithya has been the most rewarding experience of my life that to watch the cement foundation of someone's faith be laid from the very beginning, that's incredible, right? Like what a gift, but it's actually grown me. <laughs> it has challenged me, it has inspired me, it's taken me out of myself. Suddenly my struggles are so small because I'm pouring into the faith of somebody else. <laughs> and I've watched her accelerate like I could have never imagined. She is prophesying over people she's never met. She's sharing Jesus with her medical school classmates over Zoom. <laughs> and she's praying for me when I'm struggling. Mm -hmm. So it is my honor to introduce Nithya. <laughs> I love you. It is so wonderful to be here. Thank you, Marilyn. Thank you, Rosa. Thank you, everyone, for having me here. And I say that knowing that a few months ago, you could not have paid me to be here. And, I, I, and that is a testimony to the power of God's love because I, I was friends with Rosa and I thought, you know, it's nice that you follow Jesus, but you know, you're over there and I'm here and that's nice, but I'll, I'll just watch you from here. But um, I realized over the years that I'd really misjudged what it meant to follow Jesus because I saw Rosa and her, she was joyful and peaceful even when she was sad, even when she was broken. And all I knew is that despite all my questions and all my doubts, I knew that there was something real there. And all I knew is I wanted it. And that's, that's all I knew. Yeah. Um, but I had thought that what if, what if following Jesus meant that I would be less empowered as a woman? What if following mm -hmm. Jesus meant that I would somehow be hurting the people in my life who, who were gay or who followed a different religion or, you know, in so many ways, but my, my vision of justice was so narrow before God. And in Jesus, like my ability to love and my ability to want justice is so much bigger than anything I could have imagined before. And I've learned that I can, I can have a soft heart towards people who I don't understand, who I don't agree with in, in God, and that is only something I can do in God. And I can, I can want justice for a rural farmer in Appalachia whose community is undergoing drug addiction, and I can want racial justice for my black male friends who, who, are, who are struggling to just walk outside safely, and I can want love for every single person just because I know that this love is real and it's affected me, and all I want to do is nothing weird, and I just want to share that love because I want, I want people to have the love that I've been shown, and that is all, and there's nothing weird about it, and that, that's what I came here to say. Thank you so much. So amazing, amen, amen. This is the gospel of Jesus. 
Hallelujah. And I just want to encourage you, those of you that are receiving this in your heart, some of you maybe for the first time not realizing, we want to encourage you as a family, this is the gospel. This is the privilege that every single one of us gets by being a follower of Jesus, that in your sphere of influence, whether you're in medical school or you work in government or in the church, it doesn't matter. But our role is to love Jesus with everything that we are. So we first become a disciple of Christ, submitted under him, and we understand his love for ourselves so that we can then love the people around us, the people in front of us so deeply because we've been changed that they become transformed and that both of us can look and become like Jesus. So I just bless you in the name of Jesus and just to say, God, I want this. I want to be a disciple. I want to make disciples who make disciples who make disciples in Jesus' name. Oh. Amen. Oh. <laughs> so good. So good. So very good. Thank you so much. Okay, just mic drop right there. So awesome. So awesome. You see, the gospel has great power to transform people's lives, right? And Jesus didn't say to tell us to go and convert people. Jesus said, go and make disciples. And I am convinced, I haven't talked to them, but I would imagine that Nithya's discipleship started before she said yes to Jesus. Because Rosa was sharing life with her and showing her what true love looks like. And Jesus didn't say, go and convert people and then disciple them. He just said, Matthew 28. In fact, let's just turn to Matthew 28. I mean, I've quoted a number of scriptures, but, you know, so that we are really truly anchored in the word. And there's power in reading it together. I just want to take a moment to look at this in the context of what you've just heard, because what you've just heard is ordinary people like us giving their lives away to see other people get transformed and then give their life away in the power of love. And so I want to start Matthew 28, verse 16. This is Jesus, what we would call the Great Commission. It says this in verse 16. Now the 11 disciples went to Galilee, to the mountain to which Jesus had directed them. And when they saw him, they worshipped him, but some doubted. And Jesus came and said to them, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Go therefore and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. This is Jesus' you know, one of his very last commands before he gets taken up into heaven. In Acts and in Luke, he says, stay in Jerusalem till you get clothed with power from on high. He says, in Acts, you're going to be my witnesses. You're going to receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, and the ends of the earth. Taking all those together, the, power, the Holy Spirit's empowering us to actually be disciples. But what I want, what, a couple of things just to point out in the few minutes we've got left. The first thing is really interesting to me is this. It says in verse 17, they worshipped him and some doubted. 
So we've got 11 people who've been with Jesus for three years, seen him go to the cross and still don't get it. First off, that gives me great hope for me. (laughs) Because I'm a bit slow sometimes. So if if they've been walking with Jesus himself for three years and still don't get it, it says some they worshipped him, but some doubted. Uh, In fact, you can read in Acts chapter 1 where it says that... um, They were still thinking that Jesus was going to restore the kingdom from the Romans. They didn't understand that he was bringing a supernatural kingdom, right? After three years of his training and teaching, some doubted. But Jesus, look at this, doesn't really matter to Jesus whether they worshipped him or they doubted him. He still gives them all the same commission. He doesn't say, okay, you doubters go over there. I'm going to have to sort you out. Wait till the Holy Spirit comes. He's going to duff you. He's going to, you know, he's going to kick you one. But you guys... You guys, I'm going to talk to you about discipling. No, he makes this commission to every single one of them. He says, here's what I want you to do. And the word in the Greek is, um, as you go, verse 19, our translation, some of them will say, go therefore, but it actually, the, the, the tense of the Greek says, as you go. As Rosa was going in her life, as Meryl was going in her life, she's, they're making disciples, they're, they're, they're reaching other people, they're, they're sowing the seeds of the kingdom, and the kingdom is leavening the lump, and, and then that, that individual is coming to know Jesus, right? So he says, as you go, therefore. So that's not just for a Sunday morning, it's not just for a, spe- a specific moment or an activity, it's an as you go. It's life, right? An important part of discipleship for Jesus as he modeled it was just to do life with people. Jesus modeled this as you go. Hey, we're going from Cana to Capernaum. Hey, come with me, boys, let's go. Doing life together. As he goes, they're sharing the gospel. So he's, as you go, this is what I want you to do. I want you to make disciples. That word disciple mean, just means a learner. It means that people learn, go from learning, having known no knowledge about Christ over the years, looking at our lives, experiencing the light of God around us, experiencing our love and our joy and our peace and, and, and the hope that we carry, learning about Jesus and then coming to that point of saying, I need to know this Jesus myself, but then not stopping there, but then carrying on going through. Another thing I just love about the story that we've just heard is a commitment to ongoing relationship. So often we can think about people you know, seeing salvation and thinking, okay, there's a notch on our belt, we're going to get them saved and then we're going to go and find someone else. In fact, I remember in England when we were doing the Alpha course, one of our friends who uh, Ash had you know, invited to the Alpha course and, and, and she's a get to know Jesus kind of course, she'd been friends for a long time, it was a moment of decision and a couple of other friends, we we uh, left and went to Australia, some other friends kind of helped her through that process but this was her testimony to us. You know, when I got saved, they just dumped me and moved on. Because, you know, it's kind of like a notch in the belt, but Jesus is saying, make disciples. In other words, it's an ongoing, lifelong commitment. It doesn't have to be to the same person, but it's an ongoing, lifelong commitment to help people to learn. And then he says this, of all nations. Actually, that word nations means is ethnos. It's not nation as we understand it, but it's a group of people that are bound by a common culture and a common practice, a common way of doing things. So we have different ethnos even within our community. And he's saying, go and make disciples, make learners of all ethnos, all people bound by different uh, cultures. He's not saying go to the Christians. He's not saying go to the ones that are easy. He's not saying go to the, and love the people that are like you. He's saying go and love everybody. 
Make disciples of everybody. What's, what are they to do? Well, they to baptize, which is to immerse them into the identity, the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Uh, baptize them not just into a sense of a religion, not just into follow these rules, but baptize them into a deep relationship with Jesus that's so transformative that that relationship actually causes them to want to baptize other people into that very same relationship. Baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, what, then what's the command? Teaching them. And often we just finish there. We say, well, we're going to make disciples by teaching you. Come to this discipleship class. We're going to have a 10-week discipleship class, and we're going to teach you all the tenets of the Christian faith. And I'm not knocking those. Those are very important, and those are very helpful. But if we just teach them, but we don't actually follow through with what Jesus actually said, which was teach them to obey or to observe. There's a, the, the, uh, Ash and I are part of a Bible study on, on Mondays uh, with some friends around the world, and um, sounds more glamorous than it really is. I don't know, you know, I don't know why I said that, but anyway. Um, but when, one of the things that we've been learning is in, in uh, Deuteronomy 6, where you know, um, the Bible says, you know, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our Lord is one. You shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength. That word hear in, in, in the Hebrew is shema, which actually has a connotation of not just hearing, but doing as well. Jesus said in John, uh, Matthew 7, he said, The wise man who builds his house upon the rock is he who hears and does what I said to do, right? And so there's this dimension of not just teaching them, but actually teaching them to be obedient, and then that obedience, because of the geniosity of Jesus' command, is he's to, to be obedient to all that I have commanded you, which is, of course, to love the Lord your God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength, to love your neighbor as yourself, to love the church, John 13, 35, to love those around you in the same way that the fathers loved Jesus and Jesus has loved us. Teaching them to obey all that I've commanded you to do, but in that, very, in that very command is the command to make disciples. So we're not just called to make disciples. We're called to make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples who make disciples, who make disciples who make disciples, and that's how the, world goes, the kingdom of God goes viral. Transfer from one person to another. And so... But then bookends, and we didn't get to read this. Um, you know, at the beginning it says, I am all, on, all authority and in heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus says. And then he says, I'm with you always until the end of the age. In other words, hey guys, I've given you a commission that you can't fail in. And wait till the Holy Spirit comes. He's going to empower you so that you cannot fail in this mission. It's good to have a mission that you can't fail in, isn't it? Anyone happy about that? And so my, my, my encouragement, my, my exhortation, you know, the Bible says that, you know, the anointing in us teaches us all things and we have no need to teach anyone, but yet somehow the, the Holy Spirit gives the gift of, Jesus gives the gift of teaching. So here I am to remind you, to remind you that actually your life is not your own. To remind you that the kingdom of God, the very love that's found you, and it's called you into his kingdom and the very love that's anchored you and the reality that you are loved by your heavenly daddy no matter what you do, no matter, you know, it's not based on what you do, but it's all based on the finished work of Jesus upon the cross. That love where he is, he looks at you and he smiles, that love that says you are his happy thought. That very love that has found you, that we love to bask in and experience and enjoy is the very love that sends us. 
That love that finds us is the love that sends us. And where, where are we being sent to? We're being sent with the kingdom, carrying the kingdom to actually make disciples of the people that are around us. I love, you know, Justin and Kelly uh, and all that they're doing in, um, and the Embrace team. I, I love that reality of going to, and Ash and I had the privilege of going down to there this week and just seeing what was going on and, and feeding, you know, some friends in McDougal Terrace and, and just getting to pray for people. I love that. I love people like Hal who are, you know, as an evangelist who, you know, love to go and talk to people on the streets or Mr. Jeff or others who've been training us in how to do that. I love those things, those forms of evangelism. But, the most successful, statistically, is somebody sharing their life with someone else and it'd be going viral. And it, what's in my life rubbing off on what's on your life, just like we've heard today in that, test, that amazing testimony. And here's my encouragement to you. Put your life on display. Let your light shine. Let the love of God that found you send you to those around you. Not to go and preach to them, but to... In, in terms of, you know, with your voice, but let your life preach to them. Let your, let your love preach to them. Let your attitude preach to them. Let, your, let the fact that when everyone else is grumbling and complaining about how bad your workplace is or how, how terrible your boss is or how bad the elections have been or how, you know, whatever the situation is, how, you know, how bad the economy is, whatever it might be, how, how those people over there, how terrible those people are, whoever those people might be. Allow, the, it's, it's your life in Christ. It's the power of the Spirit on the inside of you, the life of heaven, the corruptible seed on the inside of each one of us that enables us, as Nithya was saying, to love with a supernatural love that actually means that we see the transformation of the people around us. It's actually not too far away. It's not too far away for each one of us at all. It's just living our lives on display. It's not to say that we have to preach and shove the gospel down people's throats. As some, I think it was St. Francis of Assisi said this, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. This is not to beat you up. This is not to say, come on church, do better. It's to encourage each one of us, to inspire us, to remind us that our mission, our calling isn't just to be good people. It's not just to have an, a ticket to heaven. It's not just to say, well, we didn't, didn't get divorced and we didn't, you know, we raised good kids and, and, and thank God for those things. Thank God for the righteousness in our own lives. But it's not just that we would stay here. It's the river of God. You know, I love that picture in Ezekiel 47 where the river of God that flows from the throne and it flows to the driest, the, the most dead places, the Dead Sea and produces life wherever it goes. That river is the river that's flowing to us constantly. It's flowing from the Father to us in his love flowing through us to rearrange our inside thought life and world and flowing out of us to change and transform the world around us. You have the river of God on the inside of you if you've been filled with the Holy Spirit. Let the river flow. Let the river flow. Go and make disciples that make disciples. Teach them to obey. Teach them to observe. Teach them to love. Teach them to be gracious. Teach them to not just follow fine religion, but teach them that they have a Father in heaven that loves them, that loves the world so much that he sent his only son. Teach them what it looks like to live with your life on display. Teach them what it looks like to walk in righteousness and purity and holiness. Teach them not to grumble and complain. Teach them to be generous on all occasions. Teach them to seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. 
because he's just too good to hold to ourselves. I want to invite you to stand, if you would, please. I think I want to start with just a place of repentance. For those of us that we've maybe feel like we haven't taken the Great Commission as seriously as we should have done. Again, there's no condemnation. There's no condemnation in Christ Jesus. But there's the conviction of the Holy Spirit. Though everywhere, I've really been feeling the Lord just dealing so deeply with my own heart of anchoring it into the deep, deep love of God. Thank you, Lord. Lord, would you anchor us deeply into your love? And Father, for those of us that have not taken that great commission to make disciples who make disciples as seriously as maybe you were hoping we would, as you were calling us to, we ask for your forgiveness, Lord. Just take a moment, if that's you, Just ask the Holy Spirit just to shift your heart. You know, repentance is just simply as the word means, I'm sure we know, many of us will know this. It just means to change your mindset. It's turn around and walk in a different direction. And where we've been walking in a particular direction, allow the Holy Spirit to turn you around. Just take, make that decision. Lord, would you please change my thinking? I repent. Lord, would you Make me one that as I go makes disciples, that teaches them to observe all that you've commanded, that baptizes them, that immerses people in who you are, in your love and your joy, not as projects, not as people objects, not as people that need to be sorted out, but people that need to experience your love. Lord, please forgive us. Please forgive us for our selfishness. Please forgive us for getting wrapped up in our own ideas and our own thoughts. Please forgive us for just carrying on in our own way. Lord, and we say with Isaiah, here we are, Lord, send us. Ask, Lord, that you would release upon us right now, upon this whole community, an anointing from heaven. The anointing of God right now. If you want that anointing, just reach out into the realm around you and say, Lord, fill me. Let that anointing, take that anointing that's around us in the invisible realm of the kingdom that's all around us and just take it and put it on your head, put it on yourself. Just let that anointing, that word anointing means to smear or to rub. Let that come upon you, the power of the Holy Spirit upon you. Lord, teach us, anoint us. Anoint us with the gospel. Anoint us to plant the seeds of the gospel. Anoint us to carry the seed of the kingdom, the word of the kingdom to everywhere we go, Lord. Anoint us, anoint our lives, Lord, that we would live in righteousness, purity and joy, in the ho- and peace and joy in the Holy Spirit, that we would carry that anointing to make disciples who make disciples, that the worth of Jesus would go viral in our cities. That our work colleagues, that our students, that the, our, our, our 
our bosses, wherever we are, our families, Lord, wherever we are, they would experience the living love and power of God and that our city and our nation would be transformed because that's what you've called us to, not to be a holy huddle, but to go into every ethnos, every people group, every, every group bound by common culture and bring about the kingdom of God. And I feel like even now the Holy Spirit's releasing assignments. There's an assignment on different people that the Lord's releasing for specific people groups. And it's not just about going to embrace Durham and being part of that. Actually, it's about wherever God finds you, wherever God puts you in your workplace or He puts a thing on on your heart. I remember when Heidi Baker was here a few years ago and he's saying, who's your, she was saying, who's your nation? And uh, one of our friends, Andrew, who, uh, Bradham, who has a soccer academy, he's like, I, he, God spoke to him and said, this soccer nation is my nation. I feel like the Lord again is just reminding you. Some of you, for some it's a reminder, this is who I've called you to. For others, it's like a fresh outpouring, a fresh download from heaven of this is the ethnos, this is the the group, this is the people that God's putting in my heart, putting in your heart to to reach, to to love, to to cherish, to, to love, to disciple. Fill us, Holy Spirit. Fill us afresh. Why don't you just reach out to someone next to you if it's okay with them, if you're not socially uh, distanced and just um, release the anointing upon them. Ask for the Holy Spirit. If you don't feel comfortable with that, that's fine, no problem at all. But just ask the Holy Spirit. Just release the life of God, the kingdom of God into that individual and just say, Lord, more. Because you are anointed. You are powerful. You are filled with the Holy Spirit. You are dangerous. Kingdom of God, come. Kingdom of God, come. Release that anointing, Lord. So we're going to just, just keep receiving, but we're going to just draw this meeting to a close. But if you have any sickness in your body, if you've got any, any, any Ill, illness, you've got anything in you that um, you just need the Holy Spirit to, uh, to heal. If We would love to pray for you if you've got any situation in your life where you've got you know, maybe some challenges in relationships or in your finances, we'd love to pray and agree with you. So there'll be a ministry team here at the front. Rochelle, if you wanna just come back up and close it out officially. But you know, please, we'd love to pray for you. It's the kingdom of God is here. The kingdom of God is within, He's amongst us. And have a great week, everybody.